Glory. You're standing, looks like, already. Praise God. Praise God. I do feel his presence, his spirit. Hallelujah. My goodness. I hate to move on. Book of Luke, chapter 12. Thank you, Jesus. Luke chapter 12. Let's begin at verse number 22. I don't remember when I've had this lengthy of scripture text for preaching, maybe teaching, but not preaching. I usually just take a scripture or two, but, but just bear with us. God's got a message for us today. I felt like it last week. You, you didn't let me preach last week, and so I'll try not to use... Last week's time and this week's time together, uh, maybe we'll, we'll, uh, amen. Verse 22, and he said unto his disciples, therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat, neither for the body what ye shall put on. The life is more than meat, and the body is more than raiment. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which neither have storehouse nor barn, and God feedeth them. How much more are you better than fowls? Verse 25. Which of you with taking thought can add to his stature one cubit? If you then be not able to do that thing which is least, why take ye thought for the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They toil not, they spend not. And yet I say unto you that Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If then God is God so clothed the grass which is today in the field and tomorrow's cast into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O ye of little faith? And seek not ye what ye shall eat and what ye shall drink, neither be ye of doubtful mind. For all these things do the nations of the world seek after. And your Father knoweth that ye have need of these things, but rather seek ye the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. And the last of verse 32, Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Amen. Why don't we just worship him one more time for his spirit of liberty in this house. In the name of Jesus, thank you. We give you praise, we worship you, we lift you up. We Come on, church. Amen. We magnify you in the name of the Lord Jesus, in the name of the Lord Jesus, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Look over at somebody and tell them how ugly they are. I mean, how handsome they are. <laughs> Amen. Be friendly. Be nice. Bless you, sir. Bless y'all. Love y'all. Good seeing you, Brother Pete. Hallelujah. You may be seated. God bless you. Hallelujah. Just one thought. Hard to pick a title out of this, this lengthy scripture text, but I always like to pick something that actually is scripture, if we can, and make a title out of it. And simply this one is Consider the Lilies. Think about this is basically what consider means. All right, contemplate this. Think about it, amen, what God did for them and how he clothed them, amen. And they're more beautiful than kings, 
is what the scripture said. It's quite obvious that our society deals with a lot of anxiety and fear. Already talked about it even in worship service and in the announcements, you know, we talk about our freedoms uh, that are being swept away from us and, and pulled away and pushed away and, and taken away from us. So there's so much to be fearful about. There's so many things to worry about. Amen. I'll just go ahead and say that right up front. I'm not here to preach to people and, and uh, get on to your case about having fears and worries. That's only human. Amen. Amen. Fear and worry over so many things that are unstable and unsure. That's just part of this world. That's how it works. That's how it is. Amen. We don't know what the economy will do from one day to the next. The financial institutions are getting richer and the poor, they can't pay the rent. And so that's kind of how that works. And when the big banks, and just to name just one thing, there's so much, there's a list of things that we're concerned about. We worry and we call it concern. That sounds better, all right? But it's worry and anxiety. At least it's the spirit of that. But, but when, the, when the banks mismanage, amen, partly because of, of large bonus. If you, do, if you don't, you, you can find this. You can look this up. And this comes out in special news reports. And, uh, you know, they give... They're going under, but yet they're giving their bosses and the CEOs huge amounts of money called bonuses. Amen. Amen. And what happens there when they go under? Well, our taxes go up. Who's paying that? We're paying it. And when the collected tax money is not enough to pay for all the foolishness, amen, we just borrow more money from other countries like China with interest. To the tune of, I think it's past 18 trillion right now. Amen. If, if China uh, and these other countries call for full payment from the U.S. right now, I don't mean to put a dark cloud over us, but just want to just throw out a couple things here. If they did that, the stock market would collapse. It would crash. Our money would be worthless. It's already bad enough now. Amen. You can, can't carry enough of it to do you much good. You know, there's so many things. Our scripture text is a lesson about trusting God. And God is allowing certain things to happen in our world and in our society that, you know, he's so awesome. And so this is the way you have to look at it. He's so good. Amen. When we drift and we don't pray like we ought, we don't attend church like we ought, God looks down and says, you know what? You know, they're doing so well that they don't need me now. And so I'm going to allow situations, and Brother Green talked about it a little bit, amen. You know, there's wars, there's rumors of wars, and because of this, it puts us in a place that we get a little bit concerned, so concerned that we decide we need to pray about this. You know why? Because there has to be an authority. There has to be a power that's bigger than we are. It's bigger than our federal government. Amen. And that's who we call on and that's who we look to around our altars. And it's God's plan. It's part of it. Why? Because he's trying to reach us. Amen. Are you not more value than they? This is a legitimate problem along with many others that we face each day. This financial situation. But God is bigger than your problem. Isaiah 61 and 3, to appoint unto them 
that mourn in Zion. Zion is a type of the church. It's a mountain, but that's a type of the church today. For what? To give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning. All these scriptures could be taken and a long lesson, and I'm, I'm just skimming here and giving you just a little part that I want you to get in this thought right here. The oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be, listen to this, he might be glorified. Hallelujah. He is bigger and more powerful than all the world leaders together with all of their nuclear warheads. He has promised to always be with us through every storm and every lion's den and every dark period in our life. There are those in this room today who feel like you have been hung out to dry. There's people right here. I could put my hand on you right now. He says, you know what? I'm going to come to the house of the Lord, but you ain't expecting much. It's just been a way of life. I've been put through the meat grinder over and over. I'm hung up now. This is just kind of a habit. I'll just go to the house of the Lord. They're nice to me there, but I don't really expect. No, no, no. Listen, you have to understand something. God is promising us that he is going to take care of those things that we are not able to take care of ourselves. That's the promise. I don't know if you're getting that or not, but that's what I'm getting out of this right here. Amen. I'm going to go as far as I can. I'm going to do as much as, I'm not talking about us just hanging out and waiting on God. Amen. He said, occupy till I come. That meant do more than just hang out. There's some things that we can do and that's what we're going to do. We can pray and that's what we're going to do. We can witness and we're going to do that. I can pay what little bit of tithes I got and that'll help. But I'm just, that's all I can do. I can't do anymore. But we can do that. He's not asking us to do things that we're unqualified and unable to do. He knows us better than we do. Amen. Amen. He knew us before we were conceived in our mother's womb promise to go with us until the end of the world I'm going to trust him I'm learning not to trust this world I'm learning not to depend on folks they're not bad folks they're just folks somebody said did the guy lie I said no I'm not saying he lied he, he just told his point of view that's how he saw it that's how he looks at things I, the older I get, the more credit and the more leeway and the more slack I'm giving folks. If you want to do, hey, listen, you want to get that way, get you a few grandkids. You start giving them all kinds of slack. I give all your kids slack if you don't know that. I used to look at kids behaving. I used to say, man, somebody needs to just beat the tar out of that kid. That's all. That's what they need. That's what they did to me. <laughs> you know, it never bothered me, bothered me, bothered me. I turned out all right. <laughs> but now it's amazing how you mellow out when you get a little age. Hey, y'all, I can get Social Security this year. It hadn't, been, it hadn't been that long. My brother and I were playing under the house. In Mississippi, they just put them up on blocks, at least back in those days. And that was a cool place, and there was dirt under there. And me and my brother played in the dirt. 
under the house. That doesn't seem like, well, some ways it seems like an eternity. But then there's other times it just seemed like it was just yesterday almost. Time will slip by you. And you learn some things. Hopefully we get wiser as we get older. And hopefully we become more forgiving and more accepting of people and things and situations. And, 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 and we'll make the statement like is my face, famous statement. It's going to be fine. You know why it's going to be fine? Not because I'm in charge and not because I know everything. No, I do know that God's in control of the situation. That's why that I can say it with conviction. It's going to be all right. We're going to make it through this thing because God is in charge here. Amen. Some of us need a financial miracle. We need healing in our body. Amen. Listen, there are family members that we can't get along with much less win them to God. They don't even like the way we walk. You can't open your mouth, especially about God or anything else. They're going to disagree with you, differ with you. Amen. There's just, what do we, I'm saying we need God. We, just like the song said, we need a reign of the Holy Ghost. We need to let the power of God in our lives and in our families and in our finances. We're afraid and we're anxious and we're frustrated. In Luke 12 and 22, therefore I say unto you, do not worry. Now we got Acts 2.38 down perfect. I've made the statement before, we can get on a, we can get in a one God, Godhead message and we can just, you know, just tear everybody up with that. We can line everybody out. We know who God is, but we don't know who we are. We are his children. We are the apple of his eye. Somebody said if God had a refrigerator, our picture would be on it. He loves us. He cares about us. I'm confident of that. I got to believe that too. I, I, I got to believe that along with Acts 2.38 and John 3.5. I've got I've to accept that part. And I also got to accept this right here. Do not worry about your life, what you will eat. You know what? If the enemy can get you worrying and upset about the economy, I don't know about my job. Maybe it's people right here, right now. In fact, I know of a couple right off. Amen. I'm, it just popped in my brain. Just unsettled about work. We don't know what's going to happen uh, when we get back to work Monday or Tuesday. We don't know. Listen, that's who I'm talking to. That's who the word of the Lord is speaking to right now. If the enemy can get you worrying, I'm going to just, I'm intentionally just going to go slow right here because I want you, whoever you are that has that spirit of anxiety on you, I want you to get a hold of this if you don't get anything else out of this message. It, it, and I'm going to read that right, or that, is that, do I need to go to the Greek or the Hebrew or, uh, you know, get, no, no, do not worry. You know what he's saying? I'm, I've got this thing. I, I, I've, don't worry, I've got it. You know, I know we, I know that we crash land every once in a while. 
I, I feel so bad about it. I do it. I hope I'm doing it different now. In fact, I, I know that Melissa and Chad, they understand this, that, that Papa's going to take care of the little one, you know, when he's in charge. I'm always afraid somebody's going to do something to her, even tickle her too much. Oh, you just like she can't do anything about it. She's one year old. People come up, you know, ah, she's trying to get out of her little, you know, I'm like, she's, she, uh, you know, she's laughing, but she's miserable. I'm like, would you stop it? She's laughing, so what? She can't do anything else but laugh. Ah, you know. So I'm, I'm kind of overprotective. <laughs> now, I used to wasn't that way. I remember teaching my kids to ride the little bike. I tell them, it's going to be all right. You're going to just, and they'd just crash. I let them go, you know. Brother Ruck, I'm different from that now. I'm like, no, no, hold on till they get it. I know we can't help some of those bruises and scratches. And I understand that. You can't, you can't be overprotective. You shouldn't be. They're going to get a certain amount of that. And I thank God, amen, he kind of lets us go once in a while. And we're just, we just kind of don't quite have it yet. I mean, you know, to us, like, you know, it wouldn't fall but like six inches. You know, it's so small. <laughs> Who's that going to hurt? <laughs> but we look at it different. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I think God's got his hand on us right now. In fact, I don't think he's going to let go of us. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, when somebody says, how do I do that not worry thing? How do, how do we do, you know, it's easier said than done. Because these things are real. You can sweep them under the rug just so long. You can ignore them just so long. If they're real and they are real, then you have to deal with it. But all I can tell us is this. We have to take it to the cross. This is, this is, kind, of, this is kind of pressure, but this is what God does to us. He puts us between a rock and a hard place. Amen. Take it to the cross. And, and, and that's, where be, that's where God becomes bigger than all of our worries. Amen. Then after we do that, let's make our way, and this is for next week really, but let's make our way on to the empty tomb. Let's don't just hang out there either and cry and weep over the empty tomb. No, let's make our way from there, at scripture, let's make our way from there to that upper room. I'm talking about how we get rid of these worries. We not only do that one time, we all did hopefully, but let's go back again and again. Let's visit the tomb. Let's move on up the steps and get in that upper room where the wind came like a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting. Let's not quit until we get our Pentecostal Holy Ghost experience again. That's how you get rid of worry. You put so much joy in there. You put so much peace in there. You put so much Holy Ghost in there, there won't be any room for worry. You won't have time for all of that. Second Corinthians, the fourth chapter and 11th verse might help us understand. For we which, are, which live are always delivered. You have to look at this King James style, you know, and, and I have to think about it. I did. Amen. For we which, which live are always delivered unto death. For Jesus' sake. Now, and it, and it gives a little break. I know there's no punctuation in the original, but, but it's kind of divided. I'm thinking this is right here. Here's why. That the life also of Jesus might be made manifest 
in our mortal flesh. This struggling, this worrying, this being upset about things that we can't do anything about anyway, we're, we're being crucified. Amen. But, 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 you know, here's what we have to remember. Amen. There was a resurrection. I like to look ahead a little bit. If we're going to use this as a type, and Paul did here, amen. In our anguish and in our suffering, we are manifesting Jesus Christ. Oh, but let's not forget, amen, we not only manifest his pain and his death, but there is a resurrection in type right here. And so I like to think, I'm, you know, I'm in this now. I'm struggling. I'm failing the tests, it seems. I'm not making any progress. But there's coming a resurrection uh, Easter Sunday morning. That's what we have to do. Come on, let's put our hands together. You know, you learn some things. The Spirit don't move. We need to move the spirit. Nothing. No, no, here's what we know to do. Even if we're by ourselves, we just need to start thanking God for everything good that's going on. I remember a guy in this church years ago, used to be our drummer, a guy named Glenn Rucker. Amen. And I remember him testifying. He was a new convert. And he said he had a flat on his car that morning. Had a flat, just feeling horrible. Then he stopped and he thanked God that he had a car to have a flat on. It maybe take a little thought on our, on our part to do that because sometimes we just kind of get hung up on what went wrong and what could have been and should have been and here I am in this predicament and so, and that's all. No, 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 there's some good things, amen, amen. And so we can look ahead to our resurrection. Your joy, the writer said, may last for a night, but joy will come in the morning. We need to memorize that. We need to put it in our heart because we're going to go through the valley. We're, we're going to get in the fiery furnace again. We're going to face our Goliaths ever so often. And so we need to understand we're going to get through this, not because I'm so smart and so talented and have a, no, no, no. We're going to get through this because God has his hand on this. Isaiah 61 and 3, amen, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes. All of these are whole thoughts, sermons, and, and lessons. But, but again, we want to just keep this thought going right here. The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit. Listen, we got we to gotta get our praise on. Sister Hyann, this is, and you know this already, this is how you get through this. I think the bishop would be happy for you if you kept living holy, walking straight. Amen. Listen, it's precarious right now. Paul said for us to walk circumspectly. It took me a while to figure that. I remember back we didn't have, you know, all the, the, the computers and, and iPads and we didn't have the internet. And so you just didn't have many. We had our Bible. If we had a reference Bible, you know, we were just lucky to have that. And so we studied and asked questions back in the early 60s. And I remember looking at that. What does that mean, circumspectly? And the best I can come up with, circum means circle, where that came from. Spec means straight, like specifications. That's where we get that word from. So it meant to me, I finally decided, and I may be way off on this, but it meant walk straight while looking around. You're going to see all of this stuff. 
going on. You're going to see people backslide. You're going to see people worry until they quit church. They're going to worry to the point where they think all of it's going to cave in. The world's going to win. We're not going to have revival. People are never going to get healed. That's not really the Holy Ghost that they're getting. You around that and keep believing that. And after a while, Sister Debbie, that's the input that they get. No wonder people don't believe in God. Listen, folks, listen, this little thing right here, I, got, I can go places on I can find so much trash. I can find so much negativism. Y'all better watch out. If you surf and go through all kind of stuff, you get all kind of comments, and people say it in an intelligent way. People have a vocabulary. And after a while, you won't believe you need to be baptized. Amen. Any kind of way, much less in the name of Jesus Christ. Tongues is a bunch of goobly gosh, or whatever you say. Gobbly goose, something like that. <laughs> I mean, it's just the worst. I can be looking through and go into people's comments. Listen, you know, if you're not strong enough, and some of you are not, in fact, I don't think I am if I stayed in there. But maybe you may just stay on it all the time. After a while, you know, you'll be little bit of doubt, a little bit of fear, a little bit of, mm, well, I don't, and after a while, you'll be out the door. The Bible said, if it were possible, the very elect, who's that? That's the church. That's the bride. said the very elect would be deceived. I do my normal thing. You might say, I'm not deceived. How do you know? The, the very nature of deception is that you don't know you're deceived. That's like a crazy person that thinks everybody else is crazy. <laughs> I have a niece, y'all. I have a niece. I mean, she is way out there. Saw her grow up, sweet little kid, grew up and just, I mean, her elevator don't go all the way to the top. She's a lot of french fries short of a happy meal. <laughs> My brother said she's crazy as a road lizard. <laughs> we love her to death, but she just don't have it. That's how we are. People in false doctrine, they're just out there. So much deception. They just think we are just as, you know, it's amazing how, and I won't, stay, I won't take too long on this. People get new revelations about the doctrine, about holiness. I, I, all I know is the scripture, be ye holy for I am holy. Now, whether that means right, good, or just separate, or I, I, I'm, not, I'm not a scholar on that. I'm just a, I'm a student, and I'm still learning. But, but we can't just ignore those scriptures where people are trying to be like the world and act like the world and do the, and this. You know what? I've, I meet people like that. Maybe some of them that I've even prayed through myself. But now they, they, they kind of look at you, and it's, a, it's one of those condescending smiles, Brother Green. Like they know something that I don't know. And my question is this, like, did you get that on a long, extended fast and prayer? And, uh, you know, no, they didn't get They got that on, on the Internet. They got that with some other friend that's backslidden. Some other person that smokes pot and gets drunk, amen, and, and commits adultery and does every other sin. Listen, that's not where you get truth from, folks. You need a Holy Ghost-filled individual that knows how to pray. 
and live right the best that they can. That's who you get your word from. Hallelujah. Amen. But, but beauty for ashes. We could say, Isaiah was saying, you know, we could say beauty from ashes. That's how I like to look at it. Amen. Beauty maybe from ugliness. Good out of evil. You know, things get ugly after a while. <clears throat> Listen to this. These types, just types. The rose. Rose is beautiful. Amen. But it draws its very life from some rotting death beneath, underneath the ground. Seems like the blacker and the dirtier and the, and the more rotten the soil is, the more beautiful the rose is. The beautiful pond lily. You ever look on a pond? It could be a stagnant, ugly, muddy. Amen. But that beautiful lily lifts its chaste, spotless, beautiful petals above the slime and corruption. You don't have to have everything perfect to do right and be right. You don't have to have everybody agree with you. Everybody doesn't have to, come on, y'all, listen. It doesn't, you don't have to go, everything doesn't have to go your way. Even, even the beautiful, handsome fleece clouds with the background of blue that we all, in fact, I looked out my window and I saw a beautiful cloud with the light hitting it just right. And I grabbed my camera and I took a couple pictures of it. Amen. All of that beauty is just evaporation of stagnant pools and swamps that stink. It's rotting. But yet out of that comes beautiful vapor that turns into clouds. Amen. How much more so, amen, could God take a life that's in sin and hopeless and helpless and lift them up out of this world? God can get, get you out of your trouble. Amen. Amen. And in life, amen, the most beautiful lives are are the outcome of anguish and tears and trouble. We've got to understand that. Do you think for one moment that God can't take your situation and turn it around? That's what this message is about. He says, don't worry. I took care of the lilies. I took care of the ravens and the birds. They, you know, they don't have storehouses. If, if I can do that, how much more so can I take care of you? Somebody needs to get a hold of this today. Hallelujah. Amen. Can he not heal your sickness or your disorder? I don't think there's anybody in here. I guess the, the, the question that we have from that is, well, I know he can, but I don't know if he will. Listen, whosoever will. Let him come. He can take the most unfavorable circumstances and make them favorable and profitable. God delights in taking little and making much of it. Anybody believe that? When we start believing it and saying it over and over, start praying it to God. Oh, he already, I know, but I remind him. Here I am again, God. You remember Cornelius? Amen. The first Gentile in the 10th chapter of the book of Acts that God poured the Holy Ghost out on. It was like God wasn't even going to do it. But Cornelius just kept on praying. Somebody said, oh, what's going to happen is going to happen. What will be, will, uh-uh. Not with a Christian. Not with a person of faith. 
You got to believe this, folks, or you'll go on being like you are. Miserable, worried. But when the angel finally got to Cornelius' house, I love his answer. Hey, you know, hey, who is, hey what, what's going on here? No, Cornelius, your prayers have come up as a memorial before God. He just kept on praying. He prayed every day. Uh, listen, what would happen if we would just lock into that? Wouldn't stop. We won't wait till Thursday night. We just pray every day. Oh, God, here I am again. You said that, yeah, I know, God, but I'm saying it again today. I'm believing you for a revival. I'm believing you for miracles in the church. I'm believing you for blessings for our sweet, wonderful people. I'm believing you to turn the light on where people can see. I'm praying for my neighbor. Hallelujah. Judges 11th chapter. I'm going to try to start quitting here. I got plenty more notes, but I'm going to, I think you're going to get it. Y'all, we're early. Man, I got plenty of time. <laughs> Sister Melissa, if you'd come up. Hallelujah. Judges 11 and 1. Y'all got that up there? Anybody ever read the story of Jephthah? The Gileadite. And Jephthah was, hey, why don't other singers come up right now? I don't want to close this with no elevator style. Amen. We're going to do the rain, Holy Ghost rain again. Hallelujah. Now, Jephthah was a mighty man of valor. God, you talk about mixed feelings and being torn and pulled. Just reading this. Now Jephthah was a was the Gileadite was a mighty man of valor, and he was the son of a harlot. And Gilead begot Jephthah. You know, it's like it's like the scripture discerning Naaman as captain of the Syrian army. Oh, what a mighty man he was. But he was a leper. You talk about putting the damper on a nice, good say. Oh, he look, look. He was he's just he was a good guy. He was a mighty man, but his mom was a harlot, a prostitute. Boy, he put the quietus, put the cold water on everything right here. Amen. Talk about unfavorable circumstances. I'm on somebody's street right now. Talk about things not lining up, not falling in place. Things not, well, just not working out. The child of a harlot was despised in those days. How can, how can, you, how can you not love a child? Brother David Harry, that's another thing you learn when you become a grandpa. It just, it's, it's unbelievable to me how somebody, some people mistreat a baby, a child. You know, I hadn't been in a fight in a long time. Don't plan on getting any. Those days are over, I hope. But there's something rises up inside of me when I read about or hear about mistreating a helpless child. What are they going to do? They're just little human beings. They deserve our protection and our help. But it seems like people just, they just despise them. 
I don't, I don't know. I, I, I have to believe there has to be a spirit or an attitude. Little babies, little boys and little girls. I have to take time. You know what? It's strange. Jan, I remember when I was, I remember when I was a toddler. I mean, it was just spotty because I remember when I started the school pretty clearly. But, but when I was just a little kid, I remember people who were not nice to me. Never left me, Kim. Never left me. And there's a fear in me, Brother Jay, that, that some kid around here growing up would say, you know, Pastor, he, you know, he didn't have time for me. You know, that, that, there's, that's not a child. That's why we get right here and we shake your hand during offering time because some of you leave early and get out of here. And I, it, it, I hope it doesn't bother some of you. It frightens me every once in a while with all the scandals going with the Catholic Church. You know, what somebody's going to think. That's a shame that we've, we've gotten to that place in America. But I, I love to hug little kids. I'm very careful about hugging them and how I do that. But there's just something that I want to put in them that, that they will never forget that pastor, the pastor's wife, and the elders and the church folks, they were nice to me when I was, you know, maybe nothing else might bring them back to church. When they get of age and they head out and do what they go do, amen, if they sow wild oats or whatever you want to call it, doctrine may not do it. You may tell them they're going to hell if they don't get baptized in Jesus' name and come to church. And all. They may forget all of that and probably will. But they won't forget those, Sister Thompson, who loved them and hugged them and took time for them. Y'all need to hear me right now. Amen. Listen, I'm glad we're a doctrinal church. I'm glad it does matter to us what the Scripture says. But you can have all of that and become a Pharisee if you don't love your neighbor and love your brothers and sisters. Amen. By this shall all men know that you're my disciples because you have love one to another. And we'll just start with the kids. They're easy to love. They don't mind you hugging them by, for the most part. Amen. So I just, it just, you know, just bothers the daylights out of me. Amen. But Naaman, amen, but, but uh, Jephthah, he was despised. Amen. In their society. Some said that Jephthah's mother was an Ishmaelite. I don't, I don't really know. Tradition. Others say a Gentile. But the Bible's pretty clear that she was a harlot. Amen. And because of their, that circumstance, since he was illegitimate, I know even in, right now, I, I certainly don't want to condone that. Amen. There's a, there's a large percentage of children that are born illegitimate. It's still wrong, but it's not the child's fault. But because of that, he couldn't go into God's house. Imagine that. Couldn't bring him to God's house. Amen. Neither could his children or his grandchildren, nor any of his descendants for ten generations. Deuteronomy 23 and 2. That's Old Testament. That's the law. Our circumstances often condition us to see either good or evil. Did you hear me? The things that we're in. Psychology teaches that. Amen. You can see good or evil. If we've been conditioned to see evil, that's what we see. If we've been conditioned to see good, then that's what we see. 
We, we've all seen it. I mean, paint a child with the brush of criticism and he grows up to be a critical person. Paint him with the stiff brush of rejection and he'll seek rejection rather than love. He'll find a place. He'll pick the wrong mate every time. He'll pick somebody he'll be fighting with the rest of his life. Call a person something long enough, you just call them that. Amen. And he or she will live either up or down to reach that name. Names do mean something, folks. Why? Because we let circumstances rule us. We forget who we are and whose we are because of those circumstances. Oh, I'm in this. I can't get out. No, no, no. Don't you say that. Amen. But someone gave Jephthah. I'm going to close with this. Someone gave Jephthah a valuable, I don't know who it was, a valuable gift. Maybe his prostitute mom. Regardless of his birth, each and every time his name was called, it was divine inspiration. Let's all stand together right now. Here's why. Because Jephthah's name, I'm cutting this too short, this ought to be preached a little more. Because Jephthah's name, here's what it means. It means God will set me free. That little boy that couldn't go to church, that little boy that was despised by every neighbor, they would kind of put their hand over their mouth and say, oh yeah, that's that prostitute's little boy. We got him branded and we got him marked. Nobody would do it too outwardly. I think it was pretty cool with it. But that's who he is. But his name, they were saying it too. They didn't mean to because they wanted to hurt him a little more for whatever ugly reason. Amen. It was tradition. It was in their spirit. It was part of their society. Amen. But every time they called out, Hey, Jephthah. See, in those days, they didn't just name Bob, Bill, George. No, no. It meant something. Amen. When they called out, Hey, Jephthah, quit playing in my yard. Hey, Jephthah, get away from my kids. Even as a little kid, they were simply saying, God will set me free. I kind of feel like that when I preach to somebody that comes here. Amen. You're worried. You're fearful. Amen. The enemy's been on your back. You hadn't won. It doesn't seem like many battles. But I keep telling you, amen, God's on your side. You can't lose if you keep holding on to him. You're going to get blessed sooner or later if you'll just stay around the church, stay around the altar, get your kids by the hand and bring them down to the altar with you. Amen. And we're just going to keep on saying, God will set me free. Amen. Now you might be thinking, what's that got to do with me? Amen. In my situation. Listen, I'm still stuck in my predicament with all my troubles. And I'll close, I, I promise, with this. I close, Amen. Revelation 2 and 17. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh, watch now, I will give to eat of the hidden manna, and I will give him a white stone. Y'all remember the white stone? We talked about it just a little bit. And in the stone, a new name written, which no man knoweth, saving he that receive it. You know what? I was just 
just 11 years old, I wasn't quite 12, when God filled me with the Spirit. There was a lot of shouting, a lot of praising, a lot of other tongue talking. Amen. But you know what? They, my neighbor may not have known much about it, but I knew there was something that I received as an 11-year-old kid. No man knoweth. Amen. Saving he that... Re- I knew what I had got. I couldn't explain it, but I knew it was something from God. Isaiah 62 and 2, to add to that scripture, and the Gentiles shall see thy righteousness, and all kings thy glory, and thou shalt be called by a new name, which the mouth of the Lord shall name. Now I know these, both of these scriptures are very controversial, and I know that depending on who you, I choose to believe that God was talking about some spiritual, supernatural something taking place in us. And he fills us. That's why that we, Brother Rich, we won't give up and we won't let up on this doctrine of receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It's spiritual, it's supernatural, it's biblical, it's from God. It's God giving us a new name. Amen. This all sounds like something that is beyond our human comprehension. Something supernatural. Well, that is what it is. Wasn't it Paul that said we become new creatures? Our new creations in Christ Jesus? Yes, something takes place. I hope you get this. I hope you take a hold of it. I hope you don't let it go. I am in trouble. I am facing situations that I can't. I'm not, I'm not discounting that at all. Amen. I, I do have a battle ahead of me that I don't know how I'm going to make it through this. That's why that we have to trust God and depend on Him. Amen. And lean on Him and believe in Him. In Jesus' name. Amen. Expect something from God. You don't expect anything. You don't have to worry about it. Well, I don't think God... Well, you're right. I, I, I just don't know if God... You're right. But if there's something that, that got planted down in there, you know, I, I, maybe there's something to this. Just, you know what? And just a, a mustard seed faith. You know, I, I, I'm just going to just, you know, just kind of throw it all to the wind okay God here I am listen God wants to do this so desperately this is what he died for this is what all the pain and anguish that he went this is what it's for I told the story many times and I'm going to tell you again Howard O'Gwen was a drunk we taught him a Bible study in Natchez Mississippi before we ever came to Maryland to get the church started Howard was drunk. He knew he was self-proclaimed. Stayed drunk. He, he said he was, he was drunk for 25 years straight. Never got sober. When most people get up in the night to get a drink of water, Howard got up and got a drink of whiskey. He had a buzz in the morning, every morning when he woke up. But he, but he had a heart toward God, and he went to every Baptist church he could, every crusade and he gave his heart to God and and he just like nothing happened and you know he had to have tears the whole deal but I remember coming to a Pentecostal church with us remember where he was kneeling the whole deal and, and we my wife and I went over for 10 weeks taught him a Bible study 
Amen. Howard just had like an 80th birthday here just recently. And I remember, I remember he, I saw him praying, saw him get the Holy Ghost, begin to talk in tongues. But here's what he told God. If you think this is like hard to do, well, I don't know if I could just, no, no. Here's what I, and he talked real slow. I thought, man, he's never going to talk in tongues because he talks too slow. You know, you have to just really get going. But he just talks real slow. You get tired listening to him talk. <laughs> you want to help him. But he told this testimony to us over and over in the Bible study. And then he, he said, here's the prayer you prayed. God, if you're really real, if you really do give this Holy Ghost thing to people like me, then I want it. See, God is not looking at how fast you talk, how well you, he's not looking. At, God's looking beyond and through all of that. And he looks right down in the heart. God saw that Howard had an honest heart. He wasn't trying to trick anybody. He wasn't trying to figure out whether this was fair. He just simply asked God, could we just be real? God, if this is real, then I want it. Listen, immediately. I mean, God took over Howard's tongue. I was standing up right beside where he was kneeling and watched him. And I remember being like, oh, my God, that's a miracle. God not only filled him with the Holy Ghost, but took away the desire for alcohol immediately. Immediately. You think God won't do it? I'm preaching to you about your worries and your anxieties and your fears. I'm telling you that God can take care of your situation. Just consider the lilies. Well, we need a rain, folks. I can preach this. And I'm convinced some of you, and some of you still not convinced. Amen. But here's what's going to convince you. A reign of the Holy Ghost. Amen. You ward off and fight off all kind of things. Amen. Make every kind of excuse in the world. And give every reason why it won't work. For you. But a reign of the Holy Ghost. Amen. It gets down here. It begins to change you. And like Paul, those things I used to love, now I hate. Those things I used to hate, now I, it changes from the inside. Come on, put your hands together. We're going to worship in closing in this service. You're welcome in the altar. Amen. Come praise and worship with us.
Come on, y'all. Amen. Come on, let's believe God for a rain. Rain down on us. Burn in my soul. Baptize me with the Holy Ghost. Like a raging fire. Burn in my soul. Baptize me with the Holy Ghost. Burn in my soul. Baptize me with the Holy Ghost. Like a raging fire. Burn in my soul. Baptize me with the Holy Ghost. Rain, Lord. Rain, Lord. Rain, Lord. Rain, Lord. God Almighty, let your Holy Spirit reign. Lord. Spirit rain. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. We ask you for a rain. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen. If it's appropriate, reach over, touch somebody. We're going to pray one for another. Amen. I have to make a confession. I believe in my prayers. I believe that I believe that God hears me when I pray. Amen. But I believe that I believe in your prayers along with my prayers more than I believe in just my prayers. Amen. So when I get a chance to allow you to pray and let you pray with us. Amen. I believe we get great things accomplished in this church and in this community. Amen. Amen. So here's what we're praying. Wednesday night we talked about system. A system. We in Pentecost, we like the fire falling. We feel like we hadn't had a good service. God really didn't move, didn't do much unless we all run the aisles and swing off the chandeliers. Now we certainly, we're certainly not trying to put a cramp on our style. We have the liberty to do that and we're gonna keep, but, but God can move in a service just like right now. Hallelujah. And when nobody's shouting, nobody doing anything outward emotionally, Amen. Just simply because somebody has faith. I believe you, God. I believe you can help me with this situation that I'm going through. I believe that, that whatever the doctor was going to say, I believe the tests are going to show something different. Listen, folks, I'm talking about real miracles here that we've already seen over and over and over in this church because of your prayers and my prayers. God, you know, folks that we talk to, they seem, you know, they're not interested in this church. They're not interested in any kind of experience with God. They don't want a Bible study. They don't want you to pray for them. That's, it. That's one of the things. What are we going to do? We can't do anything about that. But when God's Spirit moves because of your prayer, then all of a sudden they do get interested. Hallelujah. Folks who won't be faithful. Folks, it's just, it's just a, a list of things, excuses and reasons. But you know what? The Bible said God would make a way where there seemed to be no way. We can begin to see help and hope. and God can do that. I can't do that. Amen. But God can. 
Can we just release our faith right now? Amen. Bless this person, this individual, my brother, my sister, Lord. Amen. Just a word of faith right now. It's going to be all right. Amen. Let's put it in his hands. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We're receiving it now, Lord. Miracles, Lord. Help. Amen. There's a way out of this. There's a way through this. There's strength in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. In Jesus' name, we thank you. Glory, Jesus. Glory. By the way, I need to just give a word of testimony right now. Sister Denise had this. Sister Denise had this problem. She told me this with tobacco. Couldn't couldn't quit smoking. Amen. And Brother Jose, nobody in his family smoked. And it was just you know, if you don't smoke, and you're in a car or house with somebody that does, it's pure misery. I, you know, people that smoke, they don't smell it. But if you don't smoke, it's just horrible. And so Sister Denise was telling me about it. But just last week, she said, guess what? I don't smoke anymore. God help me with that. That's a miracle. Brother Jose is happy too. I don't know if you know this or not. If you've ever been a smoker, if you've ever been connected with the tobacco, I think I don't think there's a drug out there. I don't think there's a drug out there that's stronger than tobacco. It just, and it's legalized with our government. They get to tax it. Amen. But horrible to get victory over. Well, God's helped her. She's given God praise. He blessed her. God wants to bless you. Come on, let's clap our hands. Let's give him praise. God bless you. Shake hands. Be friendly. Amen. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Don't forget the picnic. Starts at 3.30.